Welcome to the Random Wellness Podcast with your host, Nicole Van Quaito, nutritionist, owner, Simply Nick, and taco enthusiast. Join me each week for all things random wellness, including intuitive nutrition, entrepreneurship, holistic living, good vibes, and a dash of woo-woo. I hope this podcast gives you a good laugh, teaches you something new, and helps you up-level your health. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Random Wellness Podcast. Today, I wanted to do a quick little intro because we have the first returning guest from season one, Amy Rohr, who is a yoga meditation teacher. Um, Amy, I think, was on episode 20. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure um, that is where you can find our interview together. So if you want to learn more about Amy, her background, um, more general stuff about like meditation and yoga, then definitely go check out that episode um, because it is so good and she shares a lot about her personal journey, which is really inspiring. So again, episode 20, if you want to learn more about Amy. Um, In this one, we got a lot more specific, so hopefully I don't butcher how to say this again, but um, Amy completed a course to become an Ayurvedic counselor. Um, So she talks about the benefits, um, the different doshas, characteristics, um, different foods and lifestyle tips for the different doshas. Um, I'm not an expert on this, so I'm not going to speak to it. I'm going to let you listen to the podcast episode. But yeah, she shares so much great um, information on the topic. Also, um, different styles of meditation, which I think is really important for people who are interested in getting into meditation or or maybe doing meditation, but have only tried one way of doing it. Um, yeah, she talks about it in a way that makes it really accessible, which is amazing. And then she finishes off with a guided meditation, which I actually did too um, while we were recording it. And it is interesting because she also notes, like she was watching me like while I was doing it with my eyes closed and she could notice me like releasing tension and things like that. So yeah, I definitely recommend that you do the guided meditation. Um, like she said, don't do it when you're driving or anything, but if you're at home, um, definitely recommend that you just take a few minutes of your day and try it. But Amy is lovely enough to also be doing a um, longer guided meditation on her page. So around the time this comes out, um, she's going to do a guided meditation, um, I believe on her Instagram page, which I'll link. Um, so if you want to try something um, a little bit longer, then you can go to her page and try that out. So yeah, I hope you enjoy um, today's episode. I'm really excited to have um, more guests from season one come back on just because it's so um, nice to have them share their story and um, talk more generally about what they do and their passions. But I kind of like these other episodes that will be coming on that are a little bit more specific. Um, We'll get like a lot more knowledge on a certain topic. Um, So yeah, enjoy today's episode, and we'll chat soon. What is your favorite food? Ooh, that's a good one. Healthy or unhealthy, it's fine. Mm, I love, I love tacos, like all things, like taco bowls. I don't, don't you love tacos too? Yes. Yeah, you're a big, big lover of tacos. Um, Yeah, so we do a lot of taco bowls. Um unhealthy like I would say my favorite like guilty pleasure is like I love potatoes as well like fries chips are usually like that would be my guilty Mm -hmm. pleasure you know but I I make my own uh, like oil-free potatoes when I am craving that yeah just bake them oil-free in the oven so you can yeah you can um boil them 
and then just put them in with a little paprika, salt, and pepper, and then they'll still go crispy. Like Fun I'm fact. Actually Fun fact. <laughs> so you have to boil them first. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. You can you can put them in. They they just cook quicker and they crisp up a little bit better when they're boiled already. Okay. I'm gonna maybe I'll try this as an Instagram reel. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you full credit. Unless it doesn't work out, then I won't give you credit. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next not so rapid fire question. Um, what is your favorite color? Ooh, this is easy one. I love teal. As you can see, she's she's getting a sneak peek in my uh, in my office right now, and I have a big, huge teal chair. Um, I don't know when I started loving teal. Actually, we'll touch on it a little bit when we talk more about what we're going to today. But it's a color that I'm drawn to. It's very calming for me. Um, I'm also a Pisces, so I love water, and I find it just reminds me of that element of water and relaxation and nature. So our kitchen is uh, teal as well, and then I have like teal plates. And yeah, my husband thinks I'm a bit crazy, but oh, I love that though. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see teal all over my house. Hey, that do what works for you. I feel like I'm boring. I'm like, what's just your white? everything. White. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. I think my favorite color is green. Though? I feel like it's... No, I don't think that counts. I think I would say green for the most part, just because, like, and I think it's, like, just, like, nature, natural kind of vibes. Nice. I love green, too. But, like, otherwise, pretty much everything is, like, white, <laughs> which is super boring. <laughs> as she drinks from her white coffee cup oh my gosh <laughs> with my white walls yeah my white mic oh my gosh this is wow yep learning about myself too right now um where is i guess your favorite place you've traveled oh that's a that's bringing back all the memories right now um i would say probably one of the places that i was kind of near and dear to my heart is the Bahamas because that's where I did my yoga training. Um, I used to work on cruise ships. That was my first cruise location, which actually happens to be right across the port from where my the yoga training is in the Bahamas as well. Um, so a lot of memories there. It's a really special place um, that I've been to that has been so life-changing for me. And then my husband proposed to me there as well. So I would say that's the place that I, I feel like is kind of my home away from home that I'm always called back to for sure. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Okay. If, let's just pretend COVID isn't a thing. <laughs> Where's the next place you want to travel? Ooh. Uh, definitely Ireland, India are on my list. Although I want <laughs> Uh, my anniversary is coming up in October and I tried to convince my husband to go up to like the northernest part of Ontario and do the Polar Bear Express with me yes. and uh, he yeah he's I'm still working on that one so I don't know that would be in Ontario I just feel like there's so many places to see um, in Ontario that I'm drawn to as well right now and just traveling more locally but yeah, I love traveling so I would say India and Ireland. Uh, we definitely want to go to Europe as well yeah. and explore a little bit more there. Uh, I've been to Italy, but I would definitely love to see more of Europe as well. Nice. I mean, and you've got some time to convince them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll just slowly keep dropping hints. <laughs> yeah. I always work on them for a few months and eventually he, 
he warms up to the ideas. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next question. It's kind of broad because I don't want to make you feel like you have to pick like one thing, but what is one of your favorite books or authors or like even blogs, like just like a resource even? I am reading right now and I love uh, this author. It's called The Gift Gifts of Imperfection okay. uh, by Brene Brown. She is amazing. Um, and it's all about letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. So really uh, leaning into, you know, things that are challenging for us, what our so-called imperfections might be, and just building more resiliency and, you know, embracing embracing our hardships and turning them into meaning, meaning in our life. And for me, it's been a big part of my journey is, you know, embracing what I've had to go through and turning it into purpose. So I highly recommend, recommend Brene Brown. She's all about wholehearted living and vulnerability and resiliency, all that good stuff. And she's funny too. It's yeah. a really good read. That was a great answer. <laughs> I happen to have it right beside me. I was gonna say, I'm like, wow. She's got a lot of, I don't know if you've heard of her other books, like, yeah, yeah. I, I've read a lot of her work, so I would definitely, she's be, she would be on the top of my list, for sure. Yeah, and I also like her Netflix special. Yeah. Like, that was actually funny, too. Yeah, and I just love how she, like, has spent so much time researching these harder to define things like shame and fear and vulnerability and Mm -hmm. connection and how they're all a part of the human experience and that's something I just have not found a lot of work like hers around that so she's I, I know I love that she was on Netflix because it just brings it to the masses in a way that we really need especially during the times that we're going through yeah and I yeah I'll link that too in the description so if anyone wants to check out that book specifically or like her other ones with the Netflix special then they can mm -hmm. check that out yeah. okay Last rapid fire question, which I feel like. No. If you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Oh my God. <laughs> up with these questions. Oh, I don't know. I feel like something in the water, maybe. Like yeah, that makes sense. Um yeah maybe like a bird that like can land in the water but also fly because i feel like you get to experience oh, both the water and seeing things from uh from up above yeah i don't know nicole <laughs> throw me off here what kind of animal would you be <laughs> and i was like i'm gonna throw her off i was like thinking like how am i gonna order these like oh yeah like you know favorite food favorite color maybe something a little bit more deep and i'm like then i'm just gonna throw this oddball one in <laughs> Throw me with a real uh, left side. Yeah. Yield. That was a good answer. Yeah. Though. I feel like, like bird. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good answer. I feel like I would have been like, I would be a dog because I like napping and treats. Okay, now that I think about it, my cat has like the best life. Okay. Before this, I went to find her and she was napping under the kitchen table on this like big plush cushion. Just, yeah, no, no concerns in her life right now. So, yeah, fair. That would be my backup answer. <laughs> All right. So again, since you're a returning guest, we are going to focus a little more specifically in this episode. So mm -hmm. if you can kind of talk about your A, your, oh my gosh, I knew I was going to mess this up. Air, you yeah. yeah. counseling, like program, 
Um, and because are you still taking it or are you done? So I'm I'm finished now. Okay. Uh, I finished a few weeks ago. So I'm just starting consultations and Ooh. that's been exciting to integrate it into my business. So if you, you know, listen back to our first episode, I talked a little bit about my business and what I've been up to and how my health journey has led me to where I am. So I am a yoga teacher. I have a small yoga studio in Tilsonburg. Um, and I also do, you know, various things like consulting and um, health coaching already. And Ayurveda was something that I came across. It's over five years ago now. So during my first yoga training, we would have speakers that would come to our uh, retreat center and speak on different topics related to yoga or, you know, personal growth and mindfulness. And somebody came to speak about Ayurveda. And it was this, this was really early on in my health journey where yoga had been my saving grace, but I was totally searching for, you know, other um, holistic modalities that I could integrate into my healing journey. And this made so much sense to me because it was looking at the person, you know, as a unique individual and understanding why we're different and what works for one person might not work for the next. And it's a, it's a science of knowledge of yourself. And so it was really teaching me to understand, you know, what was going on in my life and how I could bring in different modalities to help that. So Ayurveda, I have a little definition here just yeah, to yeah, give you a little overview of what it is. So the word is actually a Sanskrit word, meaning the science of life. It's known as the sister science to yoga. It's a natural healing system that's been practiced around the world for more than 5,000 years. So I love that it's not new. Yeah. <laughs> They've been doing this, you know, in India and all over the world for literally thousands of years. And it looks at um, what is the real meaning of life. So according to Ayurveda, when our physical body, our heart, our mind, our spirit, also, um, what we'll talk about a little bit, the doshas, our seven tissues are all in harmony and working optimally. That is, you know, a good life. That is where we can go out into the world and practice our, our purpose or our dharma or what we're here for. And that's really hard to do when we're not feeling good, mm -hmm. right? And I, I know that all too well. It's, it's really hard when you go through a health crisis to show up, you know, feeling your best and feeling motivated to do the things that you want to do. So Ayurveda really pulls back like the layers of the onion to get back to the root cause of my, what might be causing imbalances in someone's life. And um, then helps to look at those imbalances with natural resources to help bring, you know, um, relief of pain and suffering and, and a toolkit that helps that person individually bring in more balance to their life. So it's very multidimensional, um, which is what I like, because as you know, and what you do as well, there's, there's no quick fix. It's a, right. it's a lot of peeling back the layers of, you know, what might have, what might be triggering you, what's causing imbalance. Um, and we're in such a fast paced world right now that, you know, we're really, we have these blinders on sometimes that we don't see what the little things might be as far as sleep and just our nutrition and, you know, just even living like a joyful life. You know, if we're doing things that are stressing us out and aren't in line, maybe with what our heart really wants, like that can be a whole other layer of stress 
Um, and we're all different too. So I really love that Ayurveda looks at each person and I'll touch on it briefly, yeah. but there's, um, Ayurveda looks at how the five main elements, so air, fire, water, earth, and space manifest in human physiology and our psyche as three main energies that make up who we are. Okay. So they're kind of like three um, constitutions that okay. you could use to describe someone. So you might have heard of the word doshas, but that is the constitution. So from space and air comes vada, from fire and water comes pitta, and from water and earth comes kapha. So somebody could be predominantly like higher in one than the other, but we all have all three of these doshas, we just have them in different proportions. And this is a roadmap to who we are. So like our appearance, our preferences, our patterns, our emotional tendencies. Um, and then also we can see where we might be out of balance by looking deeper into this too. So it explains like why we're so different. Um, and it's really interesting because once like you do the testing and you can read it and it's again, it's a really, um, it's a lot of self um, knowledge. So it's a lot of studying it yourself to understand who you are and what you resonate with. But when you do this, like my husband and I have done the testing with him, like we're complete opposite <laughs> in what we're predominant in. So like we laugh now because I'm like, oh, you're, you're such a Vada. Like that's so Vada of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's very Kapha too. So he's a really interesting mix but then it makes sense and it's like you can it helps your relationships as well because you can understand why people you know have their tendencies to be a certain way and that there's nothing wrong with that we're just we have all three of these just in different proportions interesting so like in terms of like the different proportions obviously like depending because it it's like physical traits and also like other yeah. things too right like how you Yep. So it's, it's physical and then it's okay. physiological and just also mental tendencies. Okay. So like, am I right in saying that like, because of that, you're obviously going to, again, favor one of the three more than the other two, but like, maybe it is still too high. Like we need like a little bit more balance. Like how does that work? Yeah. So we're all born. Um, it's called our property. So we're all born a certain way. Oh, so we all come in with um, kind of a certain state. Okay. With, so say if you were, you know, predominantly Pitta and Vada would be like your second highest and then Kapha would be the third. So that doesn't change. Like the way that you're born is a, it's a makeup, which totally makes sense. It's our genetics. It's mm -hmm. the state of our parents you know, what they were highest, like, were they more Vata Kapha? Um, the state of your mother's womb at the time of conception, mm -hmm. also what she was eating, the seasons that she was in. So these three doshas aren't just representative of ourselves. It's representative, re representative of the world. So we have different seasons as well, which are reflective in these doshas, because again, they come from the five elements. So right. it's like, they're manifested in the world, like in everything around us, you know, and what we see materially, all of that is a representation of the elements, but then they're also within us. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. And like, 
I mean, I'm, it's, it, I'm trying my best to well, yeah, it's like, articulate it. So it's hard to explain a little bit, but when you, when you start to study it, you can really see, you know, how these elements show up in our lives, but then also in the seasons and then what we should be eating right. as far as how to keep our, you know, our doshas in balance. So to answer your question, like we're born a certain way, but then based on, you know, life, stressors, circumstances, what we're eating, um, what season we're living in, those can move our uh, doshas out of balance. So you might be way too high in what you're predominant in, or you might even start to become really high in another dosha. Okay. Um, because a few of them are, are more likely to move out of balance than others. And so you're always trying to come back to what your natural state was. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, some people, you know, might not have a lot of imbalances, but if you do, it can be very helpful to understand, you know, why those imbalances might have happened, but then also little things that you can do to help balance your predominant dosha or help treat your imbalances. So, for example, I'm just going to read a few, like Vada, I think this might help. Do you mind if I go through a few of them? Yeah, for sure. So Vada, certain characteristics of a Vada, you know, they're usually very tall or very short, light frame. They talk and walk more quickly because, again, the predominant elements are space and air. So they're kind of airy, right? Mm -hmm. So they walk quickly, talk quickly. Um, they're more variable. So very creative, can go, you know, have an idea here, but then be over there. So someone who has a lot of ideas um, might have a lot of irregular daily routines. So they're not one who's very structured, um, as opposed to somebody who's Pitta is, you know, more structured, good communicator, um, more of a leader, more, um, sharp, competitive, focused, good decision maker. And then Kapha is somebody who's more steady. Um, you know, they don't get easily irritated. They're loyal, faithful, supportive, um, really easygoing and consistent. And so my husband has a lot of Kapha qualities. <laughs> so he's super like easygoing. I'd have to poke him like with a stick to like get him yeah. irritated whereas me I am so I'm more pitta so I am more easily to be like a little sharp or you know strong-headed opinionated which are all I think it's really important to know that those are good qualities right right in balance right but a pitta who's out of balance um might be more irritable aggressive bossy um, frustrated, angry. <laughs> Those are the things that tend to come up when right. they're out of balance. Whereas somebody who is kapha, when they're out of balance, they would be more like sluggish, dull thinking, um, drowsy, maybe lead more to depression or like lethargic. Right. So they don't, they don't have that motivation. Like they don't, you know, get aggressive or irritable. They're just more kind of like, um, detach might be more sad okay. um, dull like they there's just that dullness there so yeah it's really interesting when you kind of learn more about it so as far as like 
therapy. So there's different things that we need to eat that can be aggravating for our dosha or can be um, help to pacify the dosha. Mm-hmm. So there's different food plans. Um, and, you know, if you're in balance and you would just eat to keep your doshas in balance based on the season. So I won't go too far into that. If somebody was interested in learning more, of course, like, you know, in um, summertime, like I want to eat more cooling foods as a pitta to help keep that in balance. But because I'm also high in vada in the wintertime, I'm eating more to pacify my vada because that's when um, it's like the coolest season. So you don't want to be eating super cooling foods and drinking smoothies when it's already like winter and cold. I want to bring in more warming foods, but nothing too spicy that would aggravate my pitta. So it sounds like a little bit complicated, but once you, once you understand it, it's really just learning to eat with the seasons. But if you have a a really high imbalance, you want to target that first, get that under control and then eat to balance your doshas around the seasons. So for somebody like that's food, but then for somebody who, um, is vada like some other things that are therapeutic so it's really based on the senses so you know what we listen to what we see how we move um touch as well colors sounds so for a vada they would need things that are more grounding so as far as yoga because i'm a yoga teacher this also applies to how we move our body so things that are more a little bit more slow um restorative gentle so like a yin yoga a restorative yoga walking in nature um vada already tends to go really fast so they tend to crash right so they go really really fast and then they'll crash because they run out of that energy So things that are slow and steady, like going for a nice long walk versus like a a hardcore run can be more, can be more grounding. Right. Um, Also things like that help sweat. So because Vata already tend to be really cold, you would do things like maybe a steam bath, a hot bath with, with some essential oils versus a pitta already has a lot of fire and heat they Mm -hmm. tend to have more inflammation so you don't want to be you know going into a hot sauna every day or going to hot yoga can be too stimulating for a pitta oh this is so interesting yeah i'm also analyzing myself as you're talking (laughs) and (laughs) typically like once you hear all those characteristics you're like okay I think that's what I am, but going through the testing um, can help because then you can confirm like what your second dosha is because nobody is 100% one. So we do have all three. So you would see what your second dairy dosha is. And most people are dual doshas. Some people are all three, but that's also very um, not as common because we're in such a fast paced world that like we're not completely balanced even when we're born. Right. So yeah, we're always learning. Like it's really good to learn how to treat your specific tendencies. Okay. Um, other things. So colors for Avada would be brown, yellow, just those really like nature calming colors. And then even stones, like you could wear, um, a stone so amethyst is really good and yellow topaz so it's funny because I, I am pitta vada okay. so I've in the past had a lot of vada imbalances that were super helpful to understand um, 
understand that and know how to treat it. So I found an amethyst stone the other day. So that's actually my birthstone. Oh, and cool. I was at my parents' trailer and my mom had an amethyst necklace. And I asked her if I could borrow it. So even just wearing that, you know, or having it in your room near your desk when you're working, just having that connection to something that's going to help pacify your imbalance can be really helpful. Okay. Yeah. So as far as a pitta, um, so this is somebody who already has that fire, right? Because pittas are a combination of um, fire and water. So they have that fiery personality, a little bit more intense sometimes, but like a strong leader, you know, has a lot of direction, knows where they're going. Um, so I have a lot of those tendencies as well, but we can also easily burn out and sometimes overdo it. So it's easy for a pitta to like go, you know, hard and then not know when to stop. So things that are, you know, helping to pacify that, being in a cooling atmosphere, sitting in the lawn, a green lawn, so like sitting against a tree, sitting in nature, swimming, walking outside, gentle to moderate yoga, so avoiding competitive things. So even like in yoga, avoiding like looking at the person next to you and trying to outdo them. Headstand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny because I remember when I first did my yoga training, like I was so pissed off that I couldn't do headstand. Yeah. You're like what do like you everybody else on one hand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it was all about learning like how to honor my own journey and just celebrate what my body could do. Cause at that point, um, like I had been in a car accident I had a neck injury and like just pushing myself past mm -hmm. my limits was actually causing more pain and more aggravation then just learning how to slow down and do things that I actually needed to help bring me into balance. So I find now like my practice has totally changed. I gravitate now towards like more of these calming practices, restorative yoga, gentle yoga, mm. um, just grounding myself more and more is what I find I'm actually needing rather than pushing myself to, to go, go, go and do things that just over overwork me right now if someone like has no idea what they are like is there like is there multiple tests you can take online or, or is there like a go-to one that you should like take you know what I mean so there's a lot of you know you can do some testing online but it is highly recommended to work with somebody who's studied it so okay. even with me and like my credentials um I'm not able, like I've studied it to be able to, you know, assess you, give you the tools to go through the testing, um, do some additional things like testing your pulse and that can help to uh, confirm which um, doshas you are because we're trying to think back to when we were younger as opposed yeah. to our state where we are because our state where we are might not be a true reflection of what our constitution, like our our born state was so okay. talking to somebody and going through the testing can help make it more accurate um, as far as treating imbalances like if I came across somebody who had you know a, a huge number of imbalances I would recommend them to an Ayurvedic doctor who can right. you know give digestive formulas and herbs 
specifically to help treat that dosha and they can do a lot of other things as well okay. whereas I'm there to help you know help them understand where they are what their current state is as well and then these lifestyle tips and and food recommendations dietary tips mm -hmm. to help start to learn you know what their body's telling them and how these things can help pacify and help treat their their natural state so there's a lot that I can do as far as lifestyle, but then if somebody was really struggling, I would definitely recommend them to to see an Ayurvedic doctor who can dig deeper um, because it is so, I've just learned that it's like, it's even deeper than, you know, just what we're eating. It's like looking at our, our tissues and our organs and our waste, um, wow. our waste channels. And if one thing is out of whack, it can kind of, it can definitely start to affect everything else. And so it's looking back as to, you know, what caused that and where's, you know, the weak link mm -hmm. as far as what you're dealing with. Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like I took an online test like way back in the day. Yeah. I do not remember what it said, but you're probably like assessing me and you're like, you're probably like, <laughs> I feel like. I'm always, I'm always like kind of thinking it, but I've learned to never assume. Because mm -hmm. actually, even with my husband, he physically looks I can like divulge yeah, yeah. information because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't care but he physically looks like Vada so he has all the physical traits of a Vada but then there's certain things that just didn't represent a Vada so until I learned how to really do the testing properly he has so many qualities so like mentally and then physiologically as well he has some a lot of Kappa qualities that explain like you know why he's um very grounded and like just more kinesthetic and thinks like longer before he speaks and is is much more introverted like he's learned to become more extroverted but added in his natural state he is an introvert and so okay and it, it, that's just a label but it's just he likes to you know he could easily you know be at home and be you know grounded and stick to his routines um without having to be all over the place like avada that is and it is interesting because like as you're talking giving examples like i can see myself in like different doshas doshas right that's like the yeah. correct yeah exactly so it's like i am like probably naturally introverted and like can be like at home and like stick to that routine but then there's definitely like we're talking about like a pitta and like kind of <laughs> like going, going, going until like, like past that point. Like, yeah, definitely me. But then Vada, you're saying like our cold, like cooler and stuff. Yep. So they have more cold and light um, characteristics. There's so there's lots of different characteristics. Yeah. Um, for example, like I'll read you what the characteristics are for each of them yeah um and like you said vada was like either you're like really short or really tall or just really tall yes. no so either like they could be really small or and thin or like uh, sorry really tall and thin or really small in nature so like really short and tiny. Interesting. Okay. Whereas Pitta is more of a medium build. Yeah. And then Kapha is, is a stronger, like thicker build. Okay. Yeah. So. 
I want to analyze my husband too. Yeah. And we can definitely do like do a consultation if you want to dig deeper into it, because then it's like, once you know what you are, um, there's so many tools like digestive herbs and like colors and breathing exercises and yoga as well. Um, another one I didn't touch on is Ambianga and that self massage. Okay. And then using specific oils that are either cooling or more warming. So Vata tends to be um, like they tend to have cold hands and feet and just cooler. So you want to bring in more warming herbs um, and oils. So for them, a great oil is sesame oil because that's really good for dryness. So Vata's also have a lot of dryness. So interesting. <laughs> like plot twist. Yeah, I'm like, I have cold hands and feet and dry skin. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, and then Pitta, um, so they've got a lot of heat, warming, so something like coconut oil would be best. Mm. And Kapha is, um, I don't have the, I'd have to look through for the oil. Yeah, yeah. Kapha. But yeah, they're they're a little bit more cool and oily. So, oh, for them, it's a dry massage. That's right. They don't, they can do a dry massage or a body scrub would be helpful. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. It's so cool when it starts to like the dots connect and you're like, that's why I'm drawn to that. Or even some foods like for Pitta, Mm -hmm. you want to avoid like a lot of spicy herbs. So like cayenne and um, hot curry powders and um, peppers and mustard seed and like I love mustard and I could eat it with everything like that would be my condiment but it's not great for me right and so everything in moderation right but for a short time especially if you're experiencing symptoms like inflammation you want to cut back on those things that can aggravate your main dosha or whichever dosha might be out of balance so I've been watching that and just like not eating mustard three times a day like not that I ate it that much but I could definitely like throw it on yeah I love it I don't know why so much but pouring it right into your mouth we can be really drawn to the things that aggravate us or I've also talked to people who naturally like they're they avoid the things that might cause them imbalance they're like that I never really want that or I I don't feel great like they've intuitively started to learn to avoid those things That was one thing I was going to say, because like with my clients, I like to focus on intuitive eating as well. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting. And I think a lot of people like there's just so much noise around us, like actual noise, but also just like in our mind, Mm -hmm. that's so easy to like not listen to your body's like cues. Yeah. And I can like see that relation like so clearly because it's like, you know, is it winter? You're like, maybe you're not into having smoothies, even though everyone's like, oh, smoothies are so healthy, blah, blah, blah. But like it's not going to give you that same nourishment if that's not what your body wants and needs, right? Exactly. And so, yeah, it's starting to listen to the cues that your body, because our body is always talking to us. Yeah. So signs and symptoms are just those messages from our body. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you feel great drinking smoothies, like for somebody who is a Pitta, that can be really helpful and and cooling but you also want to make sure that you're so another thing that yoga looks at is your digestive fire Mm. you want to keep your digestive fire really strong and so if you're having a hard time breaking down certain foods um your body's going to give you those signals and so 
sometimes it's like cutting back on, you know, some of those harder to digest foods and common allergens for a short period of time to help build your digestive fire. And, and some people need more grounding foods than just a smoothie. So it's, yeah, it's, it's sometimes like what we want and then what we need are two different things. (laughs) And, and, but even in health, uh, in a healthy way, it's like, I want to, you know, like eat salads every meal. And it's like, well, maybe you need some more grounding foods to, to really help your body and give it what it needs at this time. So it's learning. And I've always, I've, I mean, being on a health path for the last six years, it's like, sometimes we fight those things and then your body will speak louder and louder. And it's like, okay, I I hear you now. And I've, I've done that so many times where it's like, my body does know best. And our mind and the noise and you know not slowing down enough to listen to those cues Mm -hmm. can sometimes we call it in yoga like the monkey mind where we really just get still and listen to those cues and that's why I love like podcasts and listening to other people's stories because it can just be we hear it one way that actually triggers that connection of like yeah I can relate to that and I'm going to try something different and be willing to change in some way and like try something different that might be working might be what your body's asking for yeah and I think too just like I think we might have talked about this before we started recording but just with like the health and wellness industry it's like certain things become really trendy and like that's all it's talked about so like I mean I'd still say like smoothies are trendy but like I remember when green smoothies were like all anything like that was I think there was like a famous green smoothie account like at one point probably <laughs> yeah and it's funny because then it's like okay well this is what I need to have to be healthy but like maybe that doesn't resonate with you right mm-hmm. and that can go with like so many other things that's just like one example but I mean I think it's hard when you're if you don't have those cues and you don't understand yourself in that way and you're getting bombarded with like all this information from like yeah. sources and you're like yeah. oh like green smoothies are supposed to be good for me but like or maybe it's even like you enjoy smoothies but you might need something with more fat and like fiber or someone might do better with like more fruit and that kind of thing absolutely and there's yeah there is so much noise and that's why like I've really connected to the like to the study of Ayurveda because it takes us back to we're all unique and all need different things and you know what works for you I might need something a little bit different and I feel like you do a really good job of like representing that in in your message and what you teach people and I'm I'm always trying to you know share that perspective as well as like we're all different and there's no one size fits all approach and I've really learned that you know on my own journey of like trying different I don't want to say the word diets but like eating styles and hoping that it would give me you know relief of symptoms and I think it's like you're always learning and like you said, becoming more intuitive with what works for you Mm -hmm. and trusting your body and like learning how to trust what your body is telling you and, and sometimes to break the habits like that we might've carried with us for a really long time of what doesn't serve us. And it's like a dance. It's like, we're not always like dancing in the right direction, but that's why I love like yoga and Ayurveda and, you know, meditation is a big part of that too, because we learn to quiet like the noise and, and tap into our intuition and, you know, what, what does work for us and trusting that we do have the answers. It's just, 
a lot of times we doubt ourselves, I think. And we're not also taught, like I want to preface that this, yeah. but like I'm not taught how to do this. And so it's, you know, it's, it's easy to not do this because it's, it's sometimes harder work to learn how to become intuitive. It, it takes a lot of, I don't want to say work, but it takes like a lot of patience and time to learn how to tune into what your body is telling you. And so if somebody's just listening to this and they're like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, that sounds like a lot of work. It's like, it is, but you know, what's, what's the alternative is ignoring our body's cues and, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, like now we've got a huge problem yeah. that then it takes a long time to, to correct that. And so I've, you know, I did like go through that journey of all of a sudden I was experiencing like a health crisis right? and it's taken, you know, years to really come to the place where I can still go out of balance and I still have symptoms sometimes, but I'm learning and I've learned how to honor, you know, what, what those messages are and the power that I have to, you know, give my body what it does need. Sometimes that's, um, it's going astray from like what society tells you and and learn how to honor that. Yeah. You brought up a couple of really good points. I want to quickly touch on before we get to the meditation side of things. But like, I love how you mentioned that, like, this is something that we like weren't taught, like growing up, like, and this isn't like being critical of parents or anything. But when you think about it, like you had your meals prepared for you, mm-hmm. like, for the most part. So like, you didn't get to go like, oh, I just I feel like having like this for dinner tonight. No, like you were just given what your siblings were given or what your oh, parents yeah. were making. And yeah, I mean, like, we I can laugh about this with my parents. But like, I had the classic, like, dad who was like eat everything on your plate and you're like I don't want to eat these fish sticks like too bad like yeah <laughs> right so it's like we just I mean I think as kids for the most part you're not given that chance to really think mm-hmm. about like what it is that you want and need like what your body mm-hmm. feels like having um and oh my gosh I feel like I forget the second point already oh um about it being like hard and also a long process like like with your practice intuitive eating like yeah, definitely. Like, don't think this is going to be like overnight. You're going to be like, wow, like, what does my body want? Like, I know, like, it's <laughs> like, you have to like break years of like habits and like ways of eating and thinking. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't get discouraged if like tomorrow you're like, I like this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's a process, right? Like, and you know, I, I think having grace and patience for ourselves along the way is so important. And, and like, even going back to Brene Brown, like she talks about that, right. Of resiliency and, you know, not being hard on ourselves along the way, because we can set such high strict standards for ourselves that that can be counterproductive too, of just doing the best that you can each day. And like, I, I'm still learning. And I remember speaking to one of my um, like yoga mentors and, when I first started and it was like, there's so much to learn, even when teaching yoga that we can have that imposter syndrome of like, who am I to share this information? Like I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. I don't have everything figured out. And, you know, she shared such a beautiful message with me is like, you know, Amy, I'm, she's been teaching for over 30 years and she's like, I'm still learning. I still get nervous sometimes talking in front of people. Mm -hmm. I'm still like uncovering, you know, new truths and, 
and searching through like the information and applying those into my life and practicing it. And it was like so freeing because it's like, I don't have to have all the answers and same with like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like just getting started or maybe even on the journey for a long time, like me, it's like, it's all, it's a process and no day is a bad day if we're just doing our best and we're, we're trying and we're showing up and giving, giving it our all is like when we, you know, it's like hope is such an important part of it as well. And that's where meditation, like maybe we can segue into meditation because meditation is, is coming into the moment, right. And really creating space to be present with where we are and not like attaching to, you know, the past or, you know, those feelings of like, well, you know, it's so hard. I'm, I'm just not even going to try yeah. <laughs> or, you know, getting caught up in the future and the what ifs and needing to control our future. Mm-hmm. It's really creating space to be where we are. And often I find when I slow down and I kind of push pause, it's like I'm giving, given those messages and, um, that connection to where to go next and to know that it's like, I don't need to have all the answers. I just have to trust the journey and trust like the unfolding of where I am and where I'm going. And, um, there's so many different ways to meditate. Like I mentioned that earlier. And so, you know, even just taking a few moments each day to be still Mm -hmm. and whether it's in nature, you have a quiet space in your room and connecting to your breath. is so powerful. Like even just taking deep breaths and closing your eyes is so calming for our nervous system. And it takes us out of like that go, go, go mentality and just allows space to be. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like, and I know you'll get into different types of meditation, but definitely as someone who like didn't study that, it's like, and has kind of that go, go, go mentality. Like the thought of me sitting down for like 20 minutes, like cross-legged, you know, like, They like paint this picture that you have to be like cross-legged and like, you know, have this beautiful atmosphere with like candles. <laughs> like it's like I'm like, wait, like what? Like this is not my personality type, which means that I should, you know, focus on my breath more. But like, you know, for people like me, I need something a little bit like easier to kind of get into meditation. <laughs> totally. And it's funny you say that because when I first did my yoga training, so it was I lived at the ashram for three months. Mm. Um, my yoga training, it was 28 days. And so you have to wake up every morning uh, at 530. And then we would go straight to meditation and you would sit for a half hour in the dark in stillness and, you know, getting yourself out of bed, to, like just go and sit on a cushion. I like, I hated it at first. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like I dreaded waking up to do that. But it takes, you know, time to instill a habit. And I started to feel the benefits of starting my day. Like, think of how often like we wake up and we grab our phone and we read our emails and we read the news and we check Instagram. And before we know it, our body is like leading us to the bathroom and to the kitchen. Like we're in such a routine that we're not creating space for new possibility, right? Because we're starting our day and um, we're going through that motion that we're living like as a conditioned self. Okay. So creating that space, like if nothing else, just creating time to be, be without any definition or routine 
it, it creates space to open up to new possibilities as well. And a great person I would recommend checking out as well is Joe Dispenza. He, I think we talked about him briefly before. Um, and his, his meditations are more guided and creating, like reminding yourself of, you know, what you want your future to look like and feeling, you know, so whether it's like, you know, better health or, you know, an ideal partner or, you know, a new home, like in, out in the country and like really visualizing what you want your future to look like. And then what would that feel like? Like, what would that actually feel like? Cause there's an emotion attached to that. Okay. Would it feel, you know, it would probably feel more joyful. It would feel really free and happy and relaxed and feeling those emotions as if they've already happened. Um, it allows like new circuits in our brain to connect to those new possibilities. So he's all about um, like the science behind it, which I really liked because I learned all this from like an experimental place, like of just right. doing it and experiencing it. And then he talks about the science behind it and, and how, just, just how that all works in the brain and our neuro circuits um, and how that are, that's connected to our beliefs as well. So uh -huh. that's more of like a guided meditation. Um, so somebody's guiding your body into, you know, this mental imagery and you're listening to spoken words. So I do find that that's really helpful, especially if someone's just getting started because it, it gives them something to focus on. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of other, so I'll just read you a few. Yeah, yeah. Like another one is like mindful meditation. And so that's where you're more focused on the present moment. So, you know, watching your breath, um, you're going to have thoughts that come and go. So it's like not the, the idea is not to like, those thoughts are bad, but you can recognize the thought, let them go, come back to your breath. So this is really tuning into the present moment, whereas with the guided meditation, like you are in the present moment, but you're also focusing on the words that are spoken and letting them guide you through the process. Okay. Um, but I do, like, I find if you just have a few minutes throughout the day, like doing a mindful meditation, just tuning into your breath can be really powerful because we don't need anything else. Like we don't need to put in our headphones. We don't need to have 20 minutes to listen to the guided meditation. Like we can really do a mindful meditation anywhere. You know, it could be you, you know, are sitting on your porch and you just decide to spend two minutes like following your breath in and out. You could do it when you get to a stop sign, like just even with your eyes open, like follow your breath, five deep breaths, like when you come up to a stoplight. So it's so applicable because we can do this all the time. Um, another form of meditation is a mantra meditation. So this is where you are using a word or a mantra or a series of words. So it could be an affirmation as well that you're repeating over and over again, silently or out loud. So you could start with it out loud and then you could move it to just repeating it in your mind. Um, so this can be really good at reducing anxiety, um, affirming what it is that you're saying. So right. mantras, you can find mantras online. You could look up different mantras that are Sanskrit words that mean something. Okay. So, uh, for example, like in our my yoga training, we had to pick one that we resonated with. And mine was so hum. And that's like a 
universal mantra. So it, it, it translates to I am that I am. So mm -hmm. like I am connected to everything, you know, I am that tree, I am the air, I am everything around me. Cool. So I really resonated with that because it was, you know, there, it wasn't religious in any way. It wasn't connected to anything right. specific. It was just, I really loved that one. So if you look them up, like you'll find, you can find one that you like, or maybe each week you pick an affirmation, you know, I am strong and resilient, or I am brave, I am love, it, whatever, you know, it is that you're working on, or you want to bring more of into your life, picking that sort of mantra, and just repeating it for, you know, 10 rounds, 20 rounds, okay. sitting, sitting and repeating it out loud or in your mind. Um, another one is breathing. So actually using different breathing techniques repeated over and over. So this could be, you know, inhaling to a count of five, exhaling to a count of five. There's all kinds, it could be a box breath where you inhale for three, pause for three, exhale for three, and pause for three. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's considered like a breathing exercise, but it is a form of meditation um, it creates calm, clear mind, results in physical rejuvenation and relaxation in the body as well. And then the last one, which I found you like when you said, you know, sitting for a long period of time, even there's walking meditations. So actually Joe Dispenza has some great walking meditations on his website, or you could just Google like a walking meditation that you want to listen to. So it could be a guided walking meditation or even just really focusing on your steps. So like feeling your feet hit the ground, counting your steps as you're going, not like being distracted by everything around you, like really tuning into how your body's moving with each step. And we did this during my yoga training as well. Mind you, we did it down the beach. Okay. You'll be so like... <laughs> It, it's funny how distracted we get, even when we're walking and our mind is like going a million miles a minute. Oh, wow. So just breaking it down to like concentrating on the steps, watching even where you're going. And then like, yeah, you can tune into what you're seeing like on the ground mm -hmm. um, can be a really great way to move the body and good for somebody who has a hard time, like maybe staying seated. But I would recommend even just starting with some mindful like breath awareness for two minutes, starting small as opposed to like making it unattainable. Like in the beginning when I tried to sit for 30 minutes, like it was really hard. So I wouldn't recommend that as a starting place, but even just starting to do some guided meditations. Um, there's a great app as well that I would recommend called, it's called Calm. And I don't know if you, are, have you used it? Yeah, I was going to mention something about the uh, Harry Styles and like Matthew McConaughey meditations that are on there. Oh, oh yeah, he, I read, or I read, I listened to, it was like a bedtime meditation one. <laughs> so oh, You might have some dreams after that too. <laughs> yeah. But I really do like that app because they're just nice, short, guided meditations. So there's no wrong way to meditate. And as Joe Dispenza says, like there's no such thing as a bad meditation. And mm. I think that's important to mention because some days like our mind will be super active and it's like, oh, I didn't feel like the present moment at all in that meditation, yeah. but you, you made it onto your chair. You, 
you know, you took that time, like that's a good meditation. That's you doing the work to show up and create space for new possibilities and just being still and, and bringing that, you know, breath awareness to your body. There's so many benefits that you're always receiving something good from, from spending that time. I love that. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, and also, cause I feel like we never pay attention to how we're breathing. <laughs> Like you're just gonna, like shallow breathing all day, and you're like, did I even take like a deep breath today? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I thought that we could do a little um, breathing exercise. Maybe oh, we'll yeah. just we'll do a little bit of breathing, and then a little um, like body scan at the end. And what I was thinking as well is because if you're driving, I I don't recommend depending on how you're listening to this if you're seated and you can find some more quiet then just take a moment to do so or you can you know push pause and come back to it later when you have a few moments if you're driving and you want to pull over to do it but if you know if you're driving then don't try to participate in the, the meditation right now but what i will do is i'm going to create a longer guided meditation so that when this podcast comes out I'll post it to my Instagram page and then people can head over there and, and then they have access to it as well. So they can tune into it whenever they want to have a guided meditation. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll link to that obviously and promote that so everyone can find it. And then I'm also going to meet myself. So you don't just like hear me breathing aggressively, (laughs) like during the podcast. (laughs) That's funny. Awesome. Okay. So just finding a comfortable seat You can bring your hands to rest on your thighs, feeling your feet flat on the floor. So really feeling your feet make contact with the ground or the cushion, facing your hands now on your stomach. So just bringing both hands onto the side of your belly button, feeling a little length through your spine. So I like to imagine a little string just gently lifting the top of my head to the ceiling. Closing your eyes and just starting to tune into your breath and just taking two or three deep breaths here and trying to just take that breath in and out through the nose. Just noticing that cool air move in through your nose and out through the nose. And now starting to deepen that breath. So on the next inhale, noticing your belly rise like a balloon. So on the inhale, the belly expands. And the exhale, the belly falls in and out with the breath. Inhale, belly rises. And exhale, belly falls back down. Just continuing this deep belly breath for a few rounds. Feeling your shoulders relaxing away from your ears. Just feeling that breath move in and out. And now as you breathe in, we're gonna take it to a count of five. So inhaling, two, three, four, five. Exhale, breathing out slowly, two, three, four, five. Inhale, two, 
three, four, five. Exhale, nice full breath out. Two, three, four, five. Inhale, two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. And continuing this breath, you can count in your mind. It's kind of like we're filling up a glass of water all the way to the top, and then slowly pouring that water back out. And then from here, you can place your hands back down on your thighs and just keep this nice rhythmic breath going. But I want you to just let the breath, the counting of the breath fade into the background. And as we move now into a body scan, relaxation, I just want you to feel each area of the body Focusing down on your toes, relaxing your toes, feet and ankles. Feeling your shins, backs of your calves, the knees and thighs, relax. Feeling your sit bones connected to your chair. And then feeling your hips and pelvis relaxing. Feeling your belly soft, gently moving with the breath. Relaxing into your ribs, chest, and throat. Sending awareness down the spine, relaxing your lower back middle back, upper back, the whole spine soft and relaxed. Relaxing your shoulders, down the arms, into the elbows. Feeling your forearms, wrists and fingers relaxed. And then moving back up your arms into your neck, head and face. Relaxing your neck and jaw muscles. And taking another deep breath in as you breathe out, let go of any tension you might be holding in your neck and jaw. And finally, feeling the top of your head Feeling your forehead, eyes, the cheeks, your nose, mouth, even the ears are relaxed. I'm just taking a few more deep breaths here, enjoying this feeling of relaxation and calm for a little while longer. And if the mind starts to wander, which it naturally does, just letting that thought go. So it's okay to acknowledge the thought, 
and then come back to your breath and just feeling that breath move in through the nose and out through the nose. Relaxing here for a few more moments. And now slowly bringing your attention back into the space you're in. Beginning to notice any sounds around you. Maybe wiggling your fingers and toes. And when you're ready, just softly opening up the eyes, bringing the eyes back into the room. And there we go. That was so lovely. I could have went a little bit longer, but uh, I thought that was a good amount of time just to give you a little taste of, you know, just taking even, you know, a few deep breaths. You can really start to notice that difference of how that starts to relax the body. And in turn, as soon as we start to breathe, it relaxes our mind as well. And one interesting thing I like noticed personally is that like also brought awareness to like where I was holding tension. Mm -hmm. So it was like, until you started talking about like the neck and shoulder area, it was like, that's when I noticed I was like, like it was really I tight. I could see you. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, literally like, I need to crack my neck, but I was like, am I on, I'm on mute, right? I want to be like cracking my neck. <laughs> but you, like you, you, I could see you make that like release mm -hmm. of your shoulders and it definitely yeah. helps us to tune into each area of the body and and mentally just cue it to like let go. It's safe to relax. Very yeah. a lot of tension around with us without knowing it sometimes. Yeah. Also would not recommend doing it on a stool. I was like, I'm on my standing desk and I'm like sitting on a stool. And like if I do like breathing exercises like this, I almost kind of feel like I'm floating sometimes. Mm -hmm which like is a really weird sensation when you're on a stool and your feet aren't actually on the ground. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, feel like I'm doing this on the stool. Yeah, so definitely <laughs> like, right? um, placing your feet on the ground. So even when I'm teaching yoga, if somebody's feet are dangling, like using mm. a cushion, so you could put like prop a cushion. I mean, right. obviously yeah. like a stool is a little hard, but even if you're sitting on your couch or something and you find like your feet don't touch the ground, then coming a little bit forward and putting a cushion under your feet so that you have that rooted feeling will help you stay connected and grounded throughout it. So that's yeah. a good point. I'm glad you were on a stool so that we could touch on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm like floating on the stool right now. Like, I'm like, am I swaying off of this thing? Or like, what is happening to my body? <laughs> and, but that's also energy, right? And so you feel yeah. that I've you know, find that when I really sink into it, you'll feel that energy moving. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, It doesn't always happen, but you want that energy to be able to move fluidly throughout the body because we're sending that to all parts of the body. And it's just, yeah, that's mm -hmm. where you can really feel that sometimes that floaty feeling or even like a spiraling feeling because it's just that energy, like a little vortex going around in your body. Yeah. No, well, thank you so yeah, much for just the meditation, but also just sharing everything today. I know 
there's like so much good stuff that like people can take away and I'll also like link to you so if anyone is interested in like learning more working with you then they can connect with you and then also when this comes out in probably end of September again we can link to that guided meditation on your um, page so that people want to go a little bit more in depth can try that out yeah and that way it's like you can tune into it you know set that if it's going to be I don't know how long it'll be maybe five to ten minutes but you can set that into your you know routine where if you're just looking to start your morning that way or evening you don't have to go back through the whole podcast you can just go and listen to that meditation itself so yeah thanks for having me on if anyone has any questions of course like it's a lot of information that you're not expected to know exactly what dosha you are and just listening to it so um, I would recommend definitely reading up on it, but if you want to, you know, have a, a consultation, it'll take probably about an hour to go through the questions and um, then I can give you some recommendations and I do a report after uh, based on what your constitution is, some lifestyle tips and dietary recommendations to bring with you into the different seasons um, and get you started on that path. Amazing. Well, thanks again. Thank you. And I can't wait to do my own consultation and learn about myself a little more. I always <laughs> love chatting with you. I feel like we uh, we could always go on and on. So thank you. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm like I need to stop asking questions because this is going to be like a full day event. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do that. We'll do like a full day workshop yeah. together. Yeah, literally. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I can't wait to do this. Um, hopefully soon. Yeah, sounds good, Nicole. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and don't forget to join the conversation over on socials at Simply Nick Nutrition and online at simplynicknutrition.com.